people do not buy your course for how many modules it is, what the price is, what software you're using. They simply buy your course for two reasons, really. You have to sell them on the result and also the belief that they can actually get that result. Hey guys, this is another episode of The Flip Side. Today we have an amazing guest named Molly Kaiser. Um, she's in the space of, she's in the ed educational info product space and I'm really, really excited to have her on because I have so much questions within that space. Um, I, I've done sort of info products over the last three years and it's getting hard. It's getting really, really difficult. So I'd love to pick your brain today. Awesome. I would, I would love to share anything. I'm an open book. That's awesome, Molly. So tell me a bit about your story. Like, how did you get to where you are now? Like, how did you get into this space? Yeah. So I like to say that I climbed my own corporate ladder because I actually never have had a nine to five. Um, I started out where I always loved photography and I ended up actually dropping out of college to start my own photography business. And speed dating version is I grew that to multiple six figures a year, which in the photo industry is a lot of money for a photo business. <laughs> so, and I lived in only a 60,000 person city, so it was pretty small. So other photographers started asking me, you know, how did I do this? And so I started out doing coaching and workshops. And what I quickly realized what I was repeating myself a lot, uh, it didn't solve the problem of the fact that I was already really busy trading my time for money with my photo business. So adding on the coaching and workshops just packed my calendar with way more to do. And so I loved that and I loved helping people. But after doing that for a while, I realized, you know, it would be a lot more productive if I just took everything I was saying and put it into a course so that I could, you know, scale my impact and income, help an unlimited number of people. Um, and that's exactly what we did. So we ended up growing the uh, the photography education company, my husband and I, to $2 million per year. Wow. And then over those 16 years in the photo industry, I learned um, that really my love and my passion was courses. So I decided to actually pivot and my full focus today is profitablecourses.com. So we help um, coaches and service providers to turn their knowledge into their own uh, passive income generating online course. That's amazing. What year to what year did you do the photography course and what year to what year or I guess to, to now have you been doing profitablecourses.com? Yeah, so I've been in the photo industry from 2007 until like 2021 basically. Um, and I did the education from like 2015, 2014, somewhere in there to 2021. So they overlapped because I was doing all of them at the same time. Um, so just for the last year or so um, has been my sole focus on profitable courses, taking all those years of knowledge with different courses. And, um, you know, we've, we run millions of dollars in ads. We've scaled um, different cost programs, different courses, different things. I've tried all the things I've tried memberships. I've tried high ticket. I've tried all the things. And the number one thing I always come back to is courses because it's, it's the way that I can have the lifestyle that I want. And I always teach my students to build your business around the lifestyle you want. So I always say, if you want your lifestyle to be growing and managing a sales team, do high ticket. If you want your lifestyle to be always adding things, do a membership. But if you want your lifestyle to be 
you know, the least amount of trading your time for money, then I always recommend doing an online course. Interesting that you bring that up because you're right. I was trying to scale a course and the ticket, the average ticket was around 2.5 to 3000 US dollars. And we were running an ad to cold traffic. We had like a whole phone funnel where we're collecting phone leads, doing appointment setting, setting them into high ticket clips. And you were right. We were basically building a sales team and it was not fun at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, if I grow this, like, I'm not going to be focused on my clients and customers. I'm going to be just building a sales team, having, like, 10 appointment setters, three high-ticket closers, and that's just barely to break even. So I was like, whoa, this is so tiring. So I guess what is a different approach that you take, Molly? Yeah, so like I said, I've been there. I totally feel like I totally agree with everything you said. And for me, yeah, I just, I found myself not enjoying like I, I did when I did high ticket which basically if you're not sure what high ticket is I I am um, considering anything above two thousand dollars it can be anywhere from two thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars you know people sell really expensive things but for me I found that my life was centered around the business and not the other way around and so if that's what you want that's cool but for me it's all about creating freedom in my life you know we've worked really hard to have financial freedom now for several years and time freedom. Um, but so what we do with courses is essentially what you do is we help our students, you know, figure out their course idea, get their first sales and all that great stuff, prove their concept. And then what we do is have them do webinars until their webinar is converting. And then we help them take that webinar and build a passive income, like auto webinar funnel. Um, and then run traffic to that. Interesting. And what's the best way to start a webinar? Because I know it's like really hard. I think I've skipped the first step or the time. I've built a few webinars, but I always went ahead and just filmed the whole thing, found a sort of um, another webinar that has done really well in a different niche, remodel it to my niche, which is the sort of make money online, e-commerce, dropshipping, Facebook ads sort of niche and I would just like run it automated and drive whatever traffic I had to it. So I definitely, that, that was my mistake. I skipped the first part, but if you were to start it, like, isn't it really hard to create a webinar, get people to show up to your webinar? You're paying Facebook, like say 10, I don't know how much, maybe $10 per sign up, 20, $50 per sign up. And then like the one third of the people actually show up at that time how do you make it beginner friendly or where do you recommend to start? Yeah, definitely. So I think first of all, just to touch on like the mindset aspect of it, I think we can look at anything and say, oh, that's going to be really hard. Right. And I always like to tell my students, you know, if it was easy, everyone would be making millions of dollars. And like, if it was just one click of a button, um, you know, the next, everyone would be doing it. And so, yeah, it, it is going to be work. It's going to be work for sure. But the cool thing about a course is that it's more work up front. So once you do get your webinar converting, like you're just going to have way more freedom, which is super cool. Um, okay. So how does it work? So I recommend always starting with organic traffic. So that's something that we help our students with. So I know you were saying like a Facebook ad lead, you know, could be $5, $10, $20, $50, whatever. Um, so yeah, if like, first of all, never ever even 
think about Facebook ads until you have your webinar converting with organic traffic. I see people make that mistake a lot where um, they'll do their webinar and they don't get any sales. And then they're like, well, I just need ads. <laughs> but really, if your webinar is not converting, then the issue is the actual webinar presentation. Um, so just to give you some stats for those listening. Um, so basically what you want to do is start out with organic traffic and what that is, is it can be your email list, it can be your social following, it can be anything like that. So you are going to need to build some kind of following. And then what you're going to do is obviously create your webinar presentation. And I don't recommend just recording your webinar. You need to do your webinar live over and over and over until it's converting. If you do it live once and it converts great, then awesome. Um, but it took me, you know, we did, I did my webinar live every single week for six months. Um, to get it converting at five per, or excuse me, 20%, which is unheard of like 20% is really great. And so then when we were able to make it automated, it converts at 5%, which is more than double what the average person's auto webinar converts at. So I'm a really big fan of like, put in the work up front and make your webinar really, really, really good so that you can automate it and, and really sit back and really just focus on driving traffic to that. Um, yeah, I could talk about a lot, a lot about auto webinars. Is there any other specific things that you'd like to know? Um, with the webinar, is there like a specific blueprint or time frame that you find that is the sweet spot? And each time you did it each week, when you did it live, how would you know what to tweak? That's a great question. So just to kind of paint the picture for those of you that don't really know how it works. Basically, they just put in their name and their email and they opt in and then it would say like the webinar is at this time and then you're just hosting it on like Zoom or something like that and you're giving a presentation. To answer your question about time, um, I think back in the day, people used to always say like 90 minutes minimum, like you would want your webinar to be really long. And I definitely disagree with that today. I've noticed actually the shorter we've made our webinar, the better it's performed. However, you still need to make sure you're hitting all of those important points in your webinar. So it's not like you would just be able to take a 90 minute presentation and cut it you still need to fit all the false beliefs and all the, the offer and all the pieces in the webinar that you need it to convert. You just need to fit it now in a shorter time period because, you know, people are on TikTok, they're on YouTube shorts, they're on all these things where they're getting, you know, 60 second nuggets. And so attention spans just aren't what, what they used to be, which is fine. Um, but you just need to make sure that like your webinar really is something that people are actually going to show up and attend and watch. Um, and you need to be the one delivering really good value in an exciting and fun way. Nobody wants to sit on a boring webinar. If you can make learning, like let's say you're giving people financial advice, that's probably pretty boring to most people. But if you can make it fun, if you can make it like a workshop, like a party, people are going to want to attend it and you're going to build your know, like, and trust and they're going to want to work with you versus boring finance guy, um, which I think is pretty cool. But yeah, I'm obsessed with webinars because they've made me millions of dollars. And I think when people think webinars are boring, I always say, well, just do it. And once you make your first sales, you're going to fall in love with webinars because you get to connect with your audience like live. You get to connect with them and see what they're commenting and learn a lot about your offer and what those people are wanting while you're getting paid to do it. It's pretty cool. Interesting. And do webinars still work in today's sort of space? And are there new, innovative, 
innovative ways to do it, like is doing a webinar on a LinkedIn Live or YouTube Live, is that a smart idea or do you always want to sort of send people to a landing page, have them book in that time period and then shop on Zoom? Or are there sort of new innovative ways you've seen people do webinars? Yeah, so first of all, people have been saying webinars are dead since I started. So I got started in like 2014. People have literally been saying that exact same thing. Uh, And like, I just, at this point, I just find it funny because it's like literally everyone I know that's been in like 50, you know, $50,000 a year masterminds with me, they all make their money from webinars. Um, And so if you're somebody who wants to be making money online, like just take that false belief and just throw it out the window. Because like, if you just spent, you know, 10 minutes Googling like the top, um, you know, internet marketers or people that sell online, I guarantee you they're all doing webinars in some form or another. Uh, the other thing is, okay, so would I recommend doing a webinar on like Facebook Live or YouTube or something? So I used to, so with Zoom, what you can do is you can do your webinar live on Zoom. And then as long as you pay for the webinar package, there's actually a button that's like stream live on Facebook. So while you're in the the Zoom webinar, you can also be streaming it live to your Facebook group. So I always say lean into your strengths. So if you're somebody who already has a Facebook group or you've grown a Facebook group, then sure, why not? Why not stream it to a Facebook group? Um, If you already have a big email list and you don't have a Facebook group, I wouldn't say go and waste your time building one before you do your webinar. Just lean into your strengths and like use what you already have. However, I will say this, um, at the at this conference I attended last week, people were saying that they noticed that their sales went up. Um, and again, this is just what I heard. This is not my data, but they had shared that sales had gone up on their webinars when people didn't have all their tabs open. So for example, if you're doing your webinar on like YouTube Live, mm. I mean, YouTube, literally people get paid to like, get your attention with their YouTube videos. So if they're on your webinar and you're boring for one second, they might click out and watch like Mr. Beast or something, Um, you know, because, you know, he has 104 million followers. Um, You can't really compete with that. Or um, if you're going live in a Facebook group, somebody might get a, a message from someone and now their attention is diverted. So I do think if you can do it in a platform like Zoom or EverWebinar or Webinar Fuel, these are all platforms you can use where it like takes up their whole screen. And so they're not distracted, you know, and I always say in my webinars, like turn off all your phone notifications. Like if you can't focus for 60 minutes, you know, then I do worry about you being successful as an entrepreneur. Like that's something that I say, and it might sound mean, but it's true. Like you have to be able to focus and learn, um, to be successful. Interesting. And what's your recommendation for people to get consistent organic webinar signups each week because I have like a list of we have a list of maybe 10,000 emails we have 20,000 subscribers we have 5,000 followers on Instagram and if I sort of do like a you know a, a free 45 minute sales call or not sales call but like a strategy session if I blast everyone I might get like two to three sort of bookings and I'm, I'm imagining that the result might be the same if I do the webinar. So that means, is it normal that every single week I might be talking to like three people that show up for the live? 
That's a good question. Um, so first of all, you have a real, that's a really good size following. Um, you should definitely be able to get a lot more people on your webinars. Um, so let's see, how many email subscribers did you say you had? 10,000. 10,000. I would think that you should be able to get, cause okay. Yeah. You should be able to get like at least 500 people. Really? Wow. Opting into your webinar. I would say if you're not getting 500 people, then you would have to look at why are these people not interested in your workshop? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, the answer is not that it's a webinar because a lot of people like to say that, oh, they're not interested because webinar. No, they're not interested because the title is not enticing enough or you're not giving a free mm -hmm. gift or the mm -hmm. topic or like the, the touch points you're talking about aren't interesting enough. Um, so yeah, I would say that's what I would aim for if I was you is like, and really make sure your webinar is aligned with why people joined your email list. Because let's say, you know, you built an email list for realtors and now you're having a webinar about how to run a marathon. Like obviously those people aren't going to care. <laughs> yeah. So you have to make sure you're solving the problem for the people that are already on your following. And you can do that by doing like a survey to your list. I do uh, Google form surveys like all the time I'll offer people a free gift if they take my survey, just to make sure, you know, that I know what their pain points are, who they are and how I can solve that problem for them because it has to be really aligned. Um, and then how do I get organic traffic? So what I start out my students with always is I always start them out with a Facebook group because I know it might not be the sexiest platform in 2022, but it is still to this day, the fastest way to grow a following of buyers. It's not something you need to do forever. It's just the fastest way to get started. If you have no following, if you already have a following, I would recommend just staying on the platform you're already on and just growing more of that. Once you have your Facebook group, then you can choose like a long-term platform like YouTube or TikTok or reels or whatever. But I always recommend like so like I said, if you have zero followers, start with a Facebook group. If you already have a following somewhere, grow that. Once you're done with the Facebook group, start with one platform. I think it's really important that people master and grow on one platform before they try to master all the platforms. Because like I'm on a lot of platforms, but I have a whole team behind the scenes, like running all of those platforms. Um, and it would be pretty impossible. And then last thing I will say about the traffic is you don't have to do your webinar every single week like I did. I started out just doing it organic. We got that converting. Then we went to Facebook ads and did that every single week. And my husband has already run millions of dollars in ads. So that's a skill that we leaned into, um, you know, once we had it converting organically. So yeah, you don't have to do it every single week. I would say, you know, dep it depends on the size of your list. Like for you with 10,000, I would recommend just start with one webinar. Um, and what you want to aim for is you want to aim for at least 20% show up rate with organic traffic. So at least 20% of those who sign up should show up on your webinar. And then at least five to 10% of those on the webinar should purchase. And if those stats aren't there, then I would recommend looking at, okay, what, how can we improve the offer? How can we improve the webinar? How can we improve whatever the stat is that's off? and then do it again. Um, and then it's, so like maybe it'll only take you three or six times to, to get it going and then you can uh, do paid traffic or or you can just do more organic traffic. It really depends what you want. And I always tell people like lean into your strengths. If you're an amazing YouTuber, keep making YouTube videos. <laughs> so yeah. That's super cool, Molly. And 
back in the days when I tried webinar, I used like Ever Webinar, and I remember you know building a landing page and then sending people to that landing page and they'll book in sort of or, or they'll sign up for that webinar and they'll shop to the webinar page and that was sort of the whole flow and I think Ever Webinar was like two hundred dollars a month or something. It was like really pricey back then. Is that still the process you recommend? I know other people would create click funnel landing pages. Um, what's the most streamlined way to do it now? Can I just create like a LinkedIn post and put in like a Zoom webinar link? Could it be that simple? I do like that idea of like really simplifying it. I'll tell you guys what we do. Um, and by like the idea of thinking about how simple can you make it? It's almost like back in the day when you wanted to sell something, you would just put a PayPal button on a WordPress page. Like that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I like that. So I'm a big fan of simple, especially when you're first starting. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, a big mistake I see people make is they've never even made a sale and yet they're investing in like all this software. Yeah. Software is never going to make you sales. Software will assist in the easiness for you. But it, software, like if you purchase a software, it's not going to increase your sales. Um so yeah, so what we do for our webinar is we have a landing page um, and I should have brought my husband on here. I, I didn't know we'd be talking software, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's with Kajabi actually that we're using right now. Just a simple landing page. Then it goes, oh, and then there's the Ever Webinar because ours is automated right now. So we have an Ever Webinar button embedded into the page. Um, and then it goes to an Ever Webinar thank you slash countdown timer thing. Um, and then the auto plays for whatever time they signed up for when we were doing it live. Yeah. We just had a Kajabi opt-in page with a thank you page. And then everyone would get the email and the link, the zoom link, uh, when they opted in. Very cool. Very cool. So I think I'm going to like look into the zoom webinar package that you mentioned, and maybe I could just do an email plus and just put in the zoom link, like make no landing page and make the zoom. I should ask you actually, what software do you use? If you don't mind sharing. Um, right now I used to use click funnels, but I haven't done like webinars. I did Evernote webinars. That was like two years ago. Um, but since then we've been mainly running like VSLs or YouTube organic straight to like a strategy session. Okay, what do you use for your VSL, like like landing page wise, like click funnels? Okay, yeah, because some softwares they have like webinar stuff built in. I don't think ClickFunnels does, so that's yeah. why I was just wondering what you already have, so that way you don't have to go buy something else. But for those listening, if you already own, like for me, way back in the day, I bought like the Forever Ever Webinar Webinar Jam package. <laughs> it was like a one-time <laughs> price to like own it forever. Um, so like if you already own something like that, I would say use that. Um, but yeah, there's softwares now, different softwares like, like ClickFunnels and, and they have like webinar stuff built in. So just for anyone listening, like look into the software you already own and just see like, can I do webinars with it? But if you can't, I do think Zoom is one of the easiest ones to start with. And like most people, especially after COVID know how to use Zoom. So I think that's an advantage as well, because so webinar or ever webinars, what we use for auto, they have a partner product called webinar jam, which is the live version. Um, and that's pretty good too. The cool thing about that is if you do it live with webinar jam, it is actually just one click <laughs> to automate it. So yeah, there's a benefit there. I don't know. We could talk software all day. There's so many different options. I will just leave you guys with this. 
about software, just find your solution and just go with it. There's always going to be all these softwares that look better and then you switch and then they're not actually better. You don't want to spend your time worrying about software. Spend your time on sales and helping people. And I think the interesting thing that you mentioned earlier was that the software doesn't really matter. Like even if I make it really ghetto and I just send a simple Zoom link and, and have an automated email that sends it five minutes before and use like a direct Zoom link and it's just like a normal Zoom meeting, like that isn't the meat of the webinar, right? Like that, like if I make it that ghetto, but everything else is good, it should still be okay. Like I shouldn't be stressed about this front end sort of automated email, email flows, thank you messages. Like I should not worry about that. And you know, I think there is a feature in Zoom where you can literally just have people put their name and email right into Zoom. Oh. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's part of the webinar package. Um, yeah, you have to look into that. But yeah, I totally agree, especially when you're first starting, like just go as simple as possible. There's this lady I know that teaches like keto, um, like the keto diet. And she's actually been doing webinars for like 20 years without even knowing it. Basically what she used to do back in the day is she would have people come to her house, like to her house, and she would teach a presentation with her TV screen, <laughs> which was slides, which was basically a webinar. And then at the end, she would sell all of her recipe books and her keto coaching services. Um, and what's interesting about that is she's, she's essentially exactly doing what we do just in her house. And now she does it online. Uh, but I just think it's, it's funny, like even how simple she made it. Like, she's like, come to my house and look at my TV and then I'm going to sell you something. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you can just have them put in their name and email and Zoom and get them some reminders and they show up, the, the key is really aligning your ideal client with whatever the workshop is teaching. Like, the truth is that if people don't show up to it or they don't sign up for it, it's not that webinars don't work. It's that your title or what you're teaching or whatever is not appealing enough. Um, and you know, it has to be very, very appealing and it has to solve an age, an urgent pain point for them. Got it. Wow. So, and I think that's another thing I picked up, like the title, the offer, any free gifts, that is probably the most important part. And once you have that figured out, you can put that at the top of any email, any posts, any Zoom sort of Absolutely. banner. That's sort of the key thing. Yeah. So do you want me to share with you what our free gift is? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've done a lot of different free gifts and obviously this would be different depending on your ideal client, but for our current webinar, it's like how to create your own passive income generating online course. So people that want to stop trading their time for money and, and create a passive income generating online course, that's going to be interesting to them. So our ideal client is coaches and business owners, right? So I'm like, okay, what's a, what's a cool free gift that I could have? Not only do I offer it to them, but I also share it with them at the very end of the webinar. That way they have to show up and also attend the whole webinar. So I don't give it to them at the beginning. Um, but I was like, okay, well, a lot of these people are going to want to learn about webinars. <laughs> so I was like, what if I, and then everyone always asks for the slides from the webinar, right? So I was like, okay, what if I took all my slides and put them in Canva or made like a Canva template of all my slides? So at the very end of the webinar, they get the Canva link. So it's not just the slides, they're getting the actual webinar template that they can go and just change the words and the images and have a webinar already done. So 
that's a really good gift for when I did photography education. Um, we usually gave like a posing guide or something that photographers wanted. So you basically just have to ask yourself like, what is the thing that my ideal clients want that they're willing to like stay for the whole presentation and make sure that you don't decapitate for lack of a better word, your offer, your main offer. Um, you know, so let's say your main offer is like, I don't know, um, how to run a marathon, then you don't want to give a free gift. That's like how to run a marathon because then they're just <laughs> going to take the free gift and they're not going to buy your course. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So for example, my niche is like our ideal customer are people who are roughly around say 25 to 35. They're sort of working in a job they don't really enjoy. They're sort of in that corporate space. They sort of did it just because that's what they've been taught. And now they've, they're, they're seeing all these other people on the online space be able to sort of make money at home, work on a laptop, and that's something they aspire to do. Maybe they've tried it in the past and it didn't really work and they're willing to give it another shot. So that's sort of my ideal client, I guess. And when you sort of talked about a free gift, I was thinking any things from like giving like a free store template where you can literally export it and import it to your Shopify store. I don't know, like a free guide on the on the math of how e-commerce works on the conversion rates. Am I sort of in the right area? Are you helping these nine to fivers create their own e-commerce store? Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're definitely on the right path. And um, I definitely would go with anything that's like done for them. Mm -hmm. So like I'm giving like a Canva template, for example. So if you could give them, like you said, some kind of plugin or some kind of template or some kind of whatever, the more done for you that you can give somebody for the gift, the better it is. I have a couple friends that own um, Facebook ads agencies. And so they know a lot about what converts. And they always tell me that, even for freebies, like even for a freebie to build your email list or a gift on your webinar or anything, people always want something that's like done for them. That's going to save them time versus like a worksheet that they have to fill out basically. That makes total sense. And it's crazy. Like you're right. I think you mentioned it earlier, like all the big players work with webinars because like I've seen a lot of people do like eBooks, People have done like VSLs, people have done like swipe up, DM me, e-com, and then they message you on Instagram. But all the big players do automated webinars and that's the place everyone wants to get to. But it's a bit intimidating, I guess, and that's why everyone st stays with all these other funnels. Yeah, I think that's a good observation because, I mean, when I first started, I made a bunch of really low price products. And I think you're right. I think for me, and maybe some people can relate to this. I thought, oh, a course, you know, that's anywhere from 300 to a thousand dollars. And my, because I had never sold anything online before, I was like, nobody's going to pay that much. Um, whereas now to me, that's hilarious because, you know, I've sold $20,000 packages online. So it's just all about building your confidence and like just knowing that there are, tons of people out there selling like i mean there are people out there making millions of dollars a year selling you know a thousand dollar courses um but yeah for me i created a bunch of like really low ticket items just because i think because i just wasn't confident but the truth is that you're going to actually help your customers a lot more 
with say a course, because you can take someone from where point A to point Z and really help them get like a result. It's a lot harder to do that in like an ebook or, um, you know, and, and I like ebooks mostly for like freebies and stuff, but if you're going to create like a $7 product, let's say, you know, you're probably not going to have nearly as much value as you would in a thousand dollar product. Um, so yeah, I always just tell my students like, you can do this. Like it is data proven. There are literally so many people. I mean, the online course industry, I think right now it's at like $350 billion a year. Like Whoa. this is a massive industry. And, um, you know, look into places like Udemy, Kajabi, Creative Live, like there's, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, there's the one where like Gordon Ramsay and all those big name people have courses. Awesome. My point is like even celebrities are creating courses like this is a huge mass movement that you need to get in on. And like we haven't even scratched the surface like they're projecting that this industry is just going to continue to blow up and overtake, you know, like college courses. Kids these days. Um, I don't know if you so Mr. Beast is one of the biggest YouTubers and I'm obsessed with like researching him and listening to him right now. And he said that. Uh, most people, most kids in like middle school and high school right now, they don't want to go to college. They want to be a course creator or a YouTuber or something like that. So this is your opportunity to get on this now and be like ahead of the curve because this shift is definitely happening. And do you think over time, it's just gonna get easier and better as more people come into the space? Or do you think it's going to be the opposite where webinars and your offer is just going to have to be way better and things are just going to get more hard? Because I know within the e-commerce space, like people have been saying dropshipping has been dead since like 2016. People love to say stuff is yeah. dead. It's hilarious. <laughs> and they're not right. But at the same time, it's gotten harder. Like your stores building a store, finding amazing products, creative has happened. Like you have to be really, really good at those things. And it's not as easy as it was before. And I think it's only going to get harder over time. Um, but I can see how the education space might not be the same and it might get easier over time. What's your thoughts, Molly? Yeah, I love this. I could talk about this all day. Um, so I think that there are pieces that are going to be easier. And I think that there are pieces that are going to get harder, but the number one thing to know is it's not going to get any easier than it is today. So like, don't use that as your excuse to not get started, because mm. if you wait a year from now to get started, you're going to be like, I should have started a year ago because it was easier. <laughs> so I think things are only going to continue to get easier in the technology aspect of online courses. So for example, when I first started online courses, I had to hand code my own landing pages, hand code. I had to know HTML. I had to use WordPress, like a lot of you guys listening probably don't even know what HTML is. Like I had to literally hand code my own landing pages. Whereas now you can just drop, you know, 40 bucks a month and click, click, click your landing. You know, they give you templates. They give you, that did not exist. You know, when I say put a PayPal button on a page, that's literally what we had to do because there was no one click order bumps or upsells or anything to help you make even more money. So I think it's gotten wildly easier, like, wildly easier <laughs> in the technology aspect of it. Um, obviously there will continue to always be more competition, which can be looked at as harder, 
But um, I think it's a good thing because I think that if the courses out there are all great courses, it's only going to build the authority of online courses. Because one thing that was really hard when I got started is a lot of people didn't know what online courses were. And so not only did you have to educate them on what your course was about, but you had to actually educate them on what online courses were. <laughs> so that was actually a lot harder versus it's easier today where everyone knows what an online course is. Everyone's on Zoom, everyone's online. So I think there is always going to be an easier and harder aspect. Um, and as far as creating your course goes, um, again, technology is easier. I think that the it's not necessarily harder, but people really need to hone in on their niche. A mistake I see people making is saying like, well, I'm a mindset coach, so I'm going to create a mindset course. There are a billion mindset courses on the market. And so it is going to be hard for you to sell a mindset course. However, if you say, I am going to sell, like, let's say your course is mindset. Okay. What, like the, the things you're teaching inside our mindset, but let's say your course now you can just, even though you're teaching the same thing, you can reword the marketing to say, I help marathon runners shave two minutes off their marathon run or whatever, or I help, um, homesteaders start their home set. I don't know. I'm trying to think of different results for you. You know, it could be, I help people, um, set up their first e-commerce shop and make their first sale in 30 days. And if you could even get more on your ideal client, like I help, um, I help nine to fivers quit their job and make their first e-commerce sale in 30 days or whatever that is, the more specific you can get about the ideal client and the result that you're getting people. People do not buy your course for how many modules it is, what the price is, what software you're using. They simply buy your course for one reason, two reasons, really. The What's the result you're going to get them and how much do they believe you're going to get them that result and they're actually going to get that result themselves. So you have to, you know, you have to sell them on the result and also the belief that they can actually get that result. Now, Molly, has that gotten harder over time? Having the offer webinar, the selling the result, the call to action at the end, um, figuring out the product, figuring out the guarantees. Are people numb to that whole process or not really? I don't think so. Um, I, again, I just think it's a matter of, are you niched down enough? I, th I think if you're trying to go broad, it's going to be a lot harder. For example, I, my niche before this was I helped existing photographers add on boudoir services to their business. Very niche. I had virtually zero competitors. It was insanely easy to sell versus now I'm helping, you know, coaches to go from trading their time for money to creating an online course. There are a lot of people that that sell online courses. So it is harder. I have to be a better marketer. I have to be the person that gets people to believe I have the right result um, because obviously I believe it and that's something that works for me. Um, so I just think, I think it can be hard and it can be easy and it really, really comes down to really niching down and really creating the right ideal customer. I think Years ago, when I first started, you could have made a mindset course and it could have been easy to sell. But today it doesn't have to be hard, but you do have to niche 
down because you have to create that blue ocean. There's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, and I would recommend anyone who doesn't know what their niche is to read that because it talks about how, you know, there's already mindset code, there's already mindset courses out there. So that's a red ocean. But if your course can be, like I said, helping runners shave one minute off their run by helping their mindset, you're still teaching all those cool mindset tricks, but now you've niched it down and it's going to be easy. So I think it's, it's really up to you to decide if it's going to be hard or easy but you have to find that blue ocean. That's so smart. So you would recommend, like previously, I would have a title like um, how to go from zero to say $20,000 a month with your own automated e-com. So it'll be something that I can't remember. It'll be really broad and I should be niche it, niche it down where it's like how um, you as a nine to five corporate employee can learn how to build your own online business with you know the spare two hours a day you have is that the right approach of niching it down i would ask yourself or i would like to ask you um why do they want an e-commerce store i think the reason why they want an e-commerce store is because that's sort of maybe what they've been fed and taught they've seen all these online entrepreneurs and they see it as all these people earn money through selling something online maybe these people have a passion that they'd like to sort of build a store around and they're more comfortable they'd like the idea of creating an online store versus becoming an influencer or doing coaching or doing consulting um, so they don't want to show their face online which is probably accurate yeah, but i would go even further than that why do they want an e-commerce store is it so they can grow their retirement is it so they can put their kids through college is it so they can spend more time with their family you have to figure out what's like the emotional driver mm. because people don't just want a course mm. they want passive income freedom mm. that's the thing they want and so my webinar title is like how to create a passive income generating online course the online course is just the thing that gets you the thing that they really want and so for you it could be so niche as to say like how to exponentially or how to um triple so, your retirement savings or i don't know what it could be um by by doing an e-commerce store it has to be talking about the thing they actually really want interesting so my core customers the reason why they joined is because they've wanted to spend more time with their family they would have they usually there you go. There you go. kid that is roughly two to three years old um yeah. and the kid isn't grown up yet but they can see the whole future of their kid and they don't want to lose out on their kids growth in future um Boom. this you should be writing this down this is good i mean like it's recording but <laughs> this is really good this should be in all your sales copy if it's not already that's really good now is that too niche targeting nine to five corporate employees with kids that are two to three years old no i don't even think it's that niche honestly like think oh. about it i helped photographers add boudoir like that's like so niche, you know? Um, but no, I think you're, I think you're pretty much there. Like I help, like you could say, you know, um, how to, do, they, do these nine to fivers, do they want to quit their nine to five or do they just want to make more money? They want to sort of get the online business to a point where it's making the same amount as their nine to five job and then transition over. Okay. So yeah, I think that should Maybe be quit. your webinar title should be like how to, did you transition out of your nine to five? 
to do e-commerce? Um, so I used to work as a swimming instructor and yeah, I transitioned over. Swimming? Yeah. Before that, I used to work as, when I was 14, I worked at McDonald's, 16, I worked at Kmart, and then 18, I was working as a swimming instructor for some time and I was studying in university and then I was able to figure out the online sort of business and e-commerce store a month before second year university started. And then I took a gap year and that turned into two years, three years, four years, five years. And I don't think I could go back. Yeah. You could always just say something like, um, how to replace your nine to five income with an e-commerce store so you can spend more time with your family. Hmm. And that would be pretty like it. Cause that's pretty nice. Like it's not too niche and it's not too broad. No, it's really good. And the thing is that I think sometimes people think that if they go too niche, they won't have enough sales. But the truth is that like, if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So like, um, for example, even if you're saying, you know, leave your job to have an e-commerce store to spend more time with your family, <laughs> even if somebody sees that and they're like, I don't have a nine to five, it's they're still like, well, I want to have an e-commerce store and spend time with my family. They're still going to sign up for it. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to attract other people. It just means that you're, you know, for sure speaking to, you're for sure speaking to people. Um, and those people are going to be attracted to it. And then people that are like adjacent <laughs> to it will also be, but it'll be perfectly, it'll perfectly attract your ideal customer. And then the cool thing is that when you do your webinar and you share your story, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like that's me and he did it. And, and if he can do it, I can do it, you know. So you, you definitely have chosen the right ideal client. Like you do want to work with. So like for me, you know, I was coaching photographers and I was so burnt out spending all my time directly trading my time for money and like repeating myself and stuff. So that made me want an online course. And so that's really who I go after now is like the people that do enjoy coaching, like like helping people, they just don't enjoy you know, spending all of their time on Zoom and like repeating themselves. Whereas if they created a course, they can still help people. In fact, they can help way more people um, and they can still integrate group coaching calls or things if they want to still do some coaching. Now, Molly, at the $3,000 price point where we're sort of doing would require like a sales call, that was sort of our ideal customer. But if we had like a $1,000 product, the ideal customer would be someone like me where they were a student, they're working in retail, they, they had like a casual job, they were studying and they didn't want to sort of do this for the rest of their life and they were young people and it was, it's my story. Would you recommend me sort of try target these sort of people in their early 20s that are studying in university but they don't really enjoy it and, and they want to sort of do something of your own and do a thousand dollar price point for that or do the same what has worked in the past, the nine to five older demographic, um, less relatable to me since I'm much younger, but I've sort of helped a lot of those people. So I know their story um, and then do like a thousand dollar price point for them. Yeah, I think you should stick, to, like look at your client base and I'm sure in your head right now, you can think of like, who's your favorite client, your second favorite client. Like you just have in your head, like your it's not that you you obviously love all your clients, but there's probably people that stand out, mm. though that should be your ideal client. That's a better answer, yeah. You're right. I was trying to think. Oh, so I was just going to say the reason those people are working for you is because, like, it is still your story, even though you're younger than them. That doesn't matter. Um, 
And those people have jobs, which means they have money. People in college don't have money. <laughs> so you can't sell to people that don't have money. Um, I mean, you can, but it's just going to be really, 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 really hard. <laughs> That's the like. You're right. I totally skipped that question. I was going to say like, I should be seeing which type of customers are the easiest and most fun to work with, and target them. And you're right. It、yeah. was the older people because they were more serious. They were more disciplined. Where the younger people who I could relate with, and they sort of, sort of looked up to me, and, and we we're sort of around the same age, they sort of gave up much more easily.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think if you already have a customer base, like even if you're, let's say, a coach and you don't have a course yet, look at your existing customer base and be like, okay, who's my favorite customer? That should be your ideal client. Like it was easiest for them to give you money. They were the easiest to work with. They put the work in. All the things you want in a customer, and then make that your ideal client. Like, open a Word document, give that person a name. Like, maybe it's their actual name. So, like, we have an ideal customer named Kim, and she's 35 years old, and she's married, and she has two dogs, and like, we have a whole document that's like every single. And it doesn't mean if someone has one dog, they can't buy our program, obviously, or if they're 40, <laughs> they can't buy our program. It just means we have one ideal person we're speaking to, so that we're. Best attracting our favorite customer. Now, Molly, for like the first steps, would you recommend me to go and reread Jason's one to many sort of book and sort of go through that process and just build a webinar from scratch? I like or- that you know that book. See, you know a lot about webinars. That's awesome. Or would you recommend me to? Go through Facebook ads. Look at Russell Brunson's funnels. Look for people who have automated funnels that are doing really well. Download their webinar and sort of model after their process, but in my own word and my own niche. Which would be the better option to start with? You reckon? Well, I think the best option would be to take my course, so I can teach you webinars. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> Because I give you all the、that. the templates, <laughs> all the templates and everything.、Um, But yeah, let's see. So, are you wondering, like, you specifically, or for listeners? I'm just trying to think. You know, have you already done webinars? I've done many. I've, I've probably filmed like four or five webinars. None really converted really well. Each would be a different format.、Um, some would be short of VSL format. Some would be actually like two or three hour long sort of webinars. So I've done a bit of everything. But you've really motivated me to give this another shot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I obviously like. I really believe in like my webinar system, and I've studied Jason、um, Flatelin. I never say his last name right. I've studied Russell Brunson. I've been in his inner circle. I've studied like. I obsess over webinars. It's it's like literally my obsession for the last like decade.、Um, So yeah, my course is called Profitable Courses. Like whether you already have a course or not, I just have to like. If people are wondering, is that a good fit for me? It just comes down to like, do you have enough course sales? Is your webinar working? You know that kind of thing. If it's not, it would be a great fit.、Um, but as far as just webinars in general, I would say yeah. I think studying other people's webinars is a great way to to learn webinars.、Um, you know, I've been studying people's webinars for like a decade. Like I said, that's actually probably been more than that now. But yeah, so like I have my webinar that converts, but if I watch someone else's webinar or I attend a conference or something, and somebody says like a really good close or one little good tip, I'll go and like add it into my webinar. Like I'm always <laughs> like perfecting and making sure every little thing is there.、Um, 
Yeah. So for you, I'd probably, since you've already done webinars, I'd probably go back and assess, like, like self assess, like, why do you think those webinars didn't work? Was it that, cause a lot of time people think their webinars don't convert, but really they just didn't have enough traffic. Um, so I think you'd have want to self assess, like, you know, um, was the offer good enough? Was the price like, um, by the way, I always recommend a price be between two ninety seven and nineteen ninety seven for an automated webinar funnel. If you go above that, then you, you just shouldn't because like, then you're going to have to do high ticket and have a sales team. And if you go lower than that, eventually when you run ads, it's not going to give you enough profit margin. But yeah, for you, I would self-assess your old stuff and figure out why it didn't work. And it sounds like, you know, even having clarity on your idle client and just making the title better might solve that problem for you. Really, yeah, that's what I would do. I would just self-assess and just decide, hey, next month I'm going to host a live webinar and I'm going to tweak the title and I'm going to tweak these things. Because my guess is you probably already have an offer. You probably already have some stuff. You're right. And, and I remember like when I was learning and studying all about webinars, like it was all about the bonuses, it was stacking the bonuses and sort of really, and then you chop down the price. Like I remember that whole process. And I think I just, I think the thing that really motivates me now is the fact that you said it's going to be hard work. You're going to have to do it every day live. You're going to have to do it live and speak. Not to... every day, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, every week. Every <laughs> I just month. don't want people listening to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> every month every two weeks and I think it was like wow that makes sense like it's it's like a sort of like a product or like a clay that you keep tweaking every a single day I like that yeah and you keep, like I recently went to like a ceramics class and like by the time I had the whole bowl sort of built out I spent like half of the time just like smoothing edges out and looking for little bumps and and, and, and making it slant out more. And it was just a constant little tweaking. And I was like, wow, that is a much more fun perspective where you build out this webinar and every single week, you're sort of just molding it more and it gets better and better and you become sort of like a perfectionist about it. That's a great, great analogy. I love that. Um, and actually that's something I learned from being in a lot of high-end masterminds is like, I joined these masterminds I had all these products and I was like, why am I stuck at $800,000 a year? Like, why can't I reach the 1 million, you know? And every single mastermind was like, it's because you, you have too many products. They're like, you need to get rid of all your products. So I actually retired all of my products and I had, and I went to one course yeah. and we went from zero to $2 million a year in two years. Um, and it's because focus, focus is so, so, so important. Like people don't realize how important your focus is because like, if you put all of your focus into one product and one webinar, think about how much more time you're spending on perfecting that and becoming really, really good at that. Um, somebody once said like, what kind of ego do you have to have to think that you can have five businesses and be the best at all of them? When there's people out there that are spending all their waking hours on just one business, you're never going to beat them because they're fully focused on that one thing. Um, and, and I really truly not only have experienced it, not only have I seen everyone in these masterminds I've been in experience the same thing, but if you want to go from zero to $1 million a year as fast as you can, you need to do that with one product and one sales mechanism. I obviously recommend webinars, but um, 
Cause I see a lot of people before they even before, you know, maybe they're only at a hundred thousand dollars a year and they're like, I have a webinar, I have a challenge. I have a, a this, 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 this. And it's like, why not just do more of one of them that's working? And Molly, majority of that 2 million a year, where does that traffic come from? Is it majority cold traffic from just Facebook ads, organic, your sort of current customer base? Where does majority of your traffic come from? Yeah, I always recommend, because I've learned this the hard way, you always need to have a mix of organic. Well, so I should, I need to preface this. If you are a beginner, (laughs) just start with organic traffic. But if you want, if you're like, you know, if you want to go past a million dollars a year, you need to have a combination of organic and paid. Um, Some people can just get away with just organic because maybe they've leaned into their strength of being an amazing YouTube creator. Some people can get there with just ads because maybe they've leaned in with their strength. But one thing I really learned with my last business was I do believe it's very important to have both things because Facebook ads will give you speed but organic really gives you a really good foundation. Let's say your ad account gets shut down or your Facebook lead cost is or whatever. Let's say that's shut down and you can't get that working again. You've just lost all of your sales overnight versus if you have, like, let's say you were accelerating that with ads and it gets shut down. Well, if you have a good foundation with YouTube videos or you have a good foundation with reels and TikTok or whatever, then you at least still have, you know, that baseline of maybe 50 or a hundred thousand dollars a month um versus if you put all your eggs just putting all your eggs in one basket when you're scaling your business typically is not uh the best so with my so what i've done in the past is i always start with organic and i always get a really good foundation before i accelerate with ads just yeah like not only just for the foundation but also i know that if i do a tiktok and it smashes it with organic, I know I can run that as an ad and it's going to do really well. So I don't have to waste my time only recording ads and then testing them and see if they're going to work. You know, like typically if something works well organically, it will work well as an ad. Interesting that you mentioned TikTok. Have you been able to get workshop signups from just organic TikTok content? Has Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Tell me about that. I am obsessed with TikTok. I love TikTok. I went from zero to 7,000 followers in just a couple of months. Um, I just did a whole workshop actually on how you can, how I reverse engineered going viral on TikTok, which I know sounds like hoo-ha, but I've literally like done it so many times. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, don't feel like you have to do every single platform. Um, but if you are interested in TikTok, Um, I can share like a little tip if you want. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, sure. So I was studying TikTok for like two years. Before it was TikTok, it was Musical.ly. They renamed it. Um, I was just studying it. I literally would watch videos on TikTok every single night for one to two hours before I would go to bed. I just really wanted to understand the platform before I created stuff on it. So I think I maybe had like five videos that I, I just made out of sheer trying to understand how to click the buttons. Like it wasn't even trying to go viral or anything. And then one night, my husband and I on a Friday night, we were about to go out for date night. And I was like, I think I figured it out. I'm like, I think I know how to go viral on TikTok. Um, so what I did was I noticed that all of my competitors, so like a lot of other people that sell courses or have same ideal clients as me, I noticed that they were doing tutorial videos about Canva 
that were doing really, 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 really well. And so I was like, okay, so I need to make a tutorial video about Canva. Then I noticed there's this one creator that makes all these videos. I think he has like 5 million followers on TikTok and his hook, the beginning of his video always says, I can't believe I didn't know this until I was in my thirties. So I was like, okay, that's a good hook, obviously. So you guys, you can go on my TikTok. It's at Molly Kaiser and I have it pinned to the top. It has a quarter of a million views on this. This was the very first one I was like, I'm going viral. Um, so I took the hook and I said, I can't believe I didn't know this Canva hack until today. It's saved me literally hundreds of hours. And then I did an actual phone screen share of the Canva hack, showing them how to create a webinar layout in Canva in like three minutes or something. And yeah, 250,000 views um, later. And I have a link tree in my TikTok. So now, you know, we asked, obviously have more than that one video now i've been like replicating that and doing other things on my TikTok, but i have a link tree that tracks how many clicks and how many um opt-ins and things and we get literally hundreds like 300 plus clicks to our auto webinar sign up every single month um and i actually have about two and a half to three times the amount of followers on instagram and i don't get nearly the same amount of clicks as i do from TikTok. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I'm really because I've been I've been working on this educational platform studying.com and a lot of our signups I'm pretty sure come from TikTok. Like every day I haven't even really pushed it. I'm still working on it. It's in beta phase and we get like 20 to 30 sign up. It's like a free account and they can just sort of watch courses for free. It's we're getting all these organic signups. I haven't really studied where they come from, but I'm pretty sure they come from TikTok. So I think TikTok people are definitely sleeping on. Yeah, you should definitely put some kind of tracking link so you can start to count. Smart, very smart. Yeah. Last That's topic and last question I want to ask, when you do these webinars every week, every month, how would you know what to tweak or how would you analyze the results each week? Would you just be looking at when people dropped off and then go towards that slide and see why they dropped off? And even if you got to a point where people actually stuck through to the very end, if people weren't purchasing, well, I guess then you just have to change the offer. Then would you just keep changing the offer until people would then convert? Is it just like a little process like that? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the things I teach in my course is I have a whole video taking one of our students' webinars and analyzing it all. And then also we have a video on like how to analyze the data. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, basically what you want to do is you want to look at it in sections and you want to start from the top down. So first you want to, I would recommend opening a Word document or a spreadsheet and just write down like, okay, we have 50 signups. Now we have a hundred signups um, and figure out how many signups you got for that webinar. Like how many people are putting in their name and their email to, to opt into your webinar. So let's say you get a hundred. <laughs> okay. So this will be for easier math. Let's say you get a hundred people opted in. Okay. Now let's say you go and you, you're, you're starting the webinar and you're going live. And let's say that you're like 10 minutes into your webinar. And, and, um, the good thing would be if at least 20 people out of that 100 showed up, that would be a good stat. You want to have at least 20 well, if you're doing organic traffic, you want to have at least 20%. If you're doing paid traffic, then I would say you want to have like 
at least 15%. Obviously the more, the better. I'm just giving like the bottom. Um, but so let's say you do your webinar and you, let's say you have a hundred signups and you only got 10 people to show up. That's bad. So what you'd want to do is say, okay, well, did I send out multiple email reminders? Did I send out multiple text reminders? Like, did I send people, like, if you only have a hundred people signing up for a webinar, you could individually message every single person on Facebook, <laughs> you know? So like, what are, what are different things you can do to make sure people get on there? Like, do you have a good free gift? Is your webinar title enticing? Are you hosting it at a good time where people want to show up? So those would be all the like different things to analyze. Now, let's say you had a good amount of people show up. Let's say you had 30 people show up out of the 100 and they stayed for the whole webinar, which is awesome. Okay. And let's say you had uh, no sales. Well, that means that everything is working except for your offer. So what you would need to do is tweak your offer, like make sure that Make sure that your offer is aligned with what they want. Is it clear that they're going to get the result that they want? Is it like, is the offer really good so that it's like a good deal for them? Um, does it include the things that they want? Do the different pieces of the offer address their false beliefs? Are there good bonuses? Is there scarcity? Is there urgency? There's a lot of different things, but I'm just trying to speed date version this. Um, <laughs> and then let's say you have a good show up rate and let's say out of the 110 people buy, which is that's good. 10%, right? Um, so let's say, or let's just say, yeah, if people didn't buy, then those are the things I would analyze. If people did show up and they did buy, then you're doing pretty good. <laughs> then you can just, um, you can do it again, or you can like automate it, whatever you want to do. I'm trying to think if there's, is there any other scenarios where you'd want to know like how to analyze it? Um, in that, um, ideal scenario, you're sort of expecting 20 people to show up and 20 people to stay for the whole period. Is that normal? Is, is that pretty easy to retain 20 people that join for like an hour? From all the webinars I've done, when people show up, they do like live. When people show up live, they do typically stay for the whole webinar. Um, if they're not staying, then that would be an indicator that like what you're teaching isn't interesting or isn't relevant, or maybe you're too boring. Like maybe you're not excited. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you to be able to blah. You know, um, I always drink caffeine before a webinar. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I also, when I start a webinar, I always make sure to call out everyone's name, like welcome, Catherine, welcome, Amy, welcome, Lissandra, so-and-so, you know, um, I ask people where they're from. I make sure they're really participating in the chat. Um, and it should be relatively easy to keep people on live as long as you're like having fun and teaching them the things that you promised to teach them. And is it, is the average conversion rate 50% or is that like really good? And the average is much lower. No. So the, okay. So industry standard for showing up to the webinar would be like anywhere from 15 to 30% mm -hmm. in 2022. Um, and then of the people that show up, I believe you should have at least a 10% conversion rate. So if you get 5%, and this is for a live webinar, live webinar, because the stats for auto is different. But um, if you only have 5%, then I would say work on your offer mm -hmm. and get your get it converting to at least 10%. And I'm not saying 10% of all opt-ins. I'm saying 10% of those who show oh. up to the webinar. But like I got mine all the way up to 20%. Um, 
And then when I automated it, it went to five. So if you're getting only 10% on live, you're probably only gonna get maybe 2% uh, with auto. So for me, it's worth my time to make the webinar really good on live. So I can sit back, relax, travel the world while my passive funnel does its thing. <laughs> That is super cool, Molly. I really appreciate your time today. I've learned so much and I know the audience must have learned a lot as well. Where can people find out more about what you do, follow your journey, tell us about profitable courses, where can people learn about that, everything? Sure, yeah, I love that. So the best place is just to go to profitablecourses.com. So on there we have um, a freebie for how you can find your million dollar course idea if you're not sure what your course should be about. Um, we also have a free workshop, which is my webinar. So you can actually watch my webinar. You can study it. You can see um, what all the techniques I use are. And then at the end of that workshop, it pitches our program, Profitable Courses, which is insanely affordable, by the way. Um, it's not a high ticket program. <laughs> and um, yeah, you can see if it's a fit for you or not. And either way, you'll learn a lot watching the webinar. And we just have a lot of, a lot of fun goodies on our website. And as far as connecting with me, um, if you go to the website, we do have a free Facebook group you can join. We have over 6,000 members in there that are all working towards the freedom of passive income. Um, and you can follow me on uh, TikTok or excuse me, Instagram at Molly M. Kaiser or TikTok at Molly Kaiser. And I'll link everything in the show notes below. But yeah, thank you so much, Molly. I can just tell how passionate about this you are. You've definitely put in the hard yard. Like I've ask so many different questions and you'll shoot each one down with like an in-depth, clear, concise answer. So you definitely know what you're doing when it comes to sort of um, funnels, courses and business in general. So I can definitely sense that from me. And I love just how giving and kind and open you are um, and love your energy. Thank you. You're a fantastic host. Happy to be back anytime. It's been very fun chatting with you. Thank you so much, Molly. So yeah, that is another episode of the podcast. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. I hope you guys learned something. Let me know your thoughts. Drop a comment below. I want to get your feedback. Like the video. I really, really appreciate it. That would help so much. If possible, leave a review on Spotify and Apple. That would help me a ton. I want to start reading out reviews I see. And yeah, thank you so much for your time, guys. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.